0: Hello! Welcome back to another episode of No One Asked. Hello, Abby. Hello, Jenny. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a, a little bit hoarse, a little bit tired this week, but I'm good. So this week I'm quite excited because I've got a question for you. Abs, what do you think a soulmate is? A soulmate? Oh my gosh.
1: Um, I guess it's somebody who you really connect with. Um. On every level. Yeah. I don't think it's just one person. I think no. that could be... Yeah, I think different people can have
0: more than one soulmate. Do you think there's different soulmates in different parts of your life?
1: Possibly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I've got loads of questions. And a few weeks ago, we did the episode on single unsingle. And of course, as usual, in keeping with the theme of this podcast... No one asked me to talk about this. No one asked me to ask you those questions. No one asked and probably nobody cares but I, I care and I think that some of our listeners will want to hear more about soulmates and how to find them and what it feels like and the myths attached because I think there's an awful lot of of crap around how to be to meet a soulmate and What a soulmate meeting will feel like, and what a soulmate relationship will look like, and what is a soulmate as well—what it means. You can't just have
1: like any relationship takes work, right, and it takes compromise. So it's not just about finding someone that you don't have to do any of the work,
0: or maybe it is. I don't know. Be nice if it was. But that would be unfair, wouldn't it? Because that means one person is doing loads of work and the other person isn't. So what, you go through different lives together. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, because that's the other thing, right? There's like all these words about twin flame and soulmate and soul sister. And I just don't understand most of them. But I know that. sister, soul sister. Gotta
1: get that soul sister. sister.
0: If there is a. If the feeling of, of meeting a soulmate is about feeling 100% yourself and 100% comfortable in yourself, then you're my soulmate. Because there is no, there's no pretense between us. And there never yeah. really has been. And the weird thing about it is we met in a work scenario and yet we both went home and struggled with the idea of, I want this girl in my life as a friend. I don't know yeah. if I want to work for her and she was having this conversation with her husband going I want this girl as a friend. I don't know if I want to ask her to work with us. So we we kind of knew there was a there was a comfortable there was a land of possibility in in the connection. And so it is a bit weird because I do believe that romantically and friendshiply and businessly and all of those kind of things, you can find people that sort of walk that path of life with you and make it easier and accept you and love you for who you are, which I guess keeps us going. Right?
1: Yeah, that's a lovely, do you know what? I haven't, uh, I haven't thought about the whole soulmate thing very much. I'm thinking about it a lot now. Um mm. it's it is a lovely concept. I think problems maybe arise when there's a really high expectation on what that means, right? What a soulmate means. I know I know people who refer to their other half as, a, as their soulmates, and it's it's quite lovely. Um maybe it's something that can be
0: built. Jen, we need an expert on the topic. We do need an expert on the topic. You're right, which is why. So I went wondering. About a month ago, through this event in Dublin called uh, Mind and Body Expo, right? didn't take me. I, I didn't take you because you were not here. Um, <laughs> but honestly, you have to come to the next one because I, I kept messaging her. And I was having the best day ever I was by myself and I just wandered around all of these stands with all these tarot card readers doing special things I had some kind of an exorcism performed on me I'm pretty sure and um, there was a, a shaman kind of style thing that basically bent my neck back and and did green mild style breathing of all of the badness that was in me and yeah it was it was real like demon be gone kind of stuff uh, can't, I need can't to hear the it, full story
1: we will tell you the story
0: another time. Um, again, I'm interested in this kind of thing. But basically, I went walking around this this massive expedition. Expedition? Is that the right word? Exposition. Exhibition. Uh, ex- ex- yeah. Exhibition. Ex- <laughs> exposition. <laughs> ex expedition. Ex- 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 exhibition.
1: <laughs> you took an expedition went- around the exhibition.
0: I I did. I can only describe it as being a little bit magnetized by this person, right? Um, and you're going to meet her in a moment. But she's so quirky and so charismatic and so intriguing. I don't know what happened. I kind of just got drawn to her stand and then read this thing. My soulmate coach. And I was like, "Uh, no, that scares me because... We've talked about this, my fear around dating and moving forward and 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 that whole soulmate concept. To be honest, in many ways, although it used to be something that I would have dreamed of, gives me the full-blown ick now. Where I'm like, oh now it doesn't exist. Get away. Um, I've gotten better and I'm I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded to, to hearing anyone's story. And this woman started to tell me bits of her story, and she just glows and oozes happiness that you're like there's something about this person and so I'm so excited that she agreed to come on so Abby Jean Sullivan Bileci is my soulmate coach and she's a fellow podcast creator So she's got a podcast called Dating is Such a Drag. And she does that with a co-host called Lady Portia, who is gorgeous. And the podcast concept here is how to fly your freak flag and learn how to be your total self and be loved for it. So does that sound right up our alley or doesn't it? It We are told so often to be quieter or smaller or more gentle. And I know personally, I've been told repeatedly that I intimidate men. So Jean's book title be the soulmate you want to attract, dives into tips on how to be brave enough to put yourself out there as 100% you and find someone who complements your world and doesn't invade it. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Jean, you are most welcome. Hello, welcome
2: to our podcast. Hi, it's so great to be here. I love the topic. I love it so much. Well, I struggle with
0: understanding anything to do with the concept of how a soulmate works what a soulmate is how many there are why mine is lost Um, <laughs> as I was saying to Abby before I, I think if there's multiple they've all forgotten and gotten married to other people um, and then on the flip side as we mentioned before you you came on board was how to maintain a soulmate connection so there's, there's mm-hmm. kind of so much in this but I love what your angle on this is, which is more about be yourself. Like you talk an awful lot in, in any interviews that you've done and that I've seen you on. You you use happiness. So you, you. can tell that you walk your talk. And so the concept of, of be yourself and find someone that complements that is, is much, much more something I can get on board with than here's a step-by-step guide on how to find your soulmate. Now become that go. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got here?
2: So, um, I was like you, I was, you know, raised in an environment where it wasn't okay to be myself, that I was too much. I was told I was too much in so many different ways that it's a miracle I'm even here today because, you know, I was, I was too fat most of my life. You know, I was told no one is ever going to want me. Um, I was told I was too loud. If I, I always, I have a big belly laugh and if I laughed, I always had people go, shh, you know? And so my whole life it was like, Oh God, like, you know, I was just always given that message. Uh, you're too intimidating. Um, you're too serious. You're too bitchy. You are too jovial. Like it was just really frustrating my entire life. I felt like I really couldn't be myself. And I remember the first time, um, I started to come out of my shell and fly my freak flag was when I made friends when I was, uh, director of tourism PR for Miami tourism and a bunch of gay guys invited me out and they really encouraged me. They saw <laughs> who was, who was behind the facade and they all invited her out to play. So I would dress up in like leather bustiers and capes and I would go out into the nightlife and I just really like my whole authentic self just came out and they all celebrated it. And it was a wonderful Gift. Well, when I got promoted, everybody would say, Jean, you need to tone it down. It's like too much. Like if you really want to survive in the corporate world, you can't be like Miss Sexy over the top. You can't do all that. And I listened because I was a single girl and I didn't want to lose my promotion. I needed the money. And so I toned myself down. So fast forward, that's what really helped me attract all the wrong guys. Mm. <laughs> so... You know, I'm here today to say that if there's anyone listening and you've been given that message, and I know a lot of people in Ireland have been given that message, you know, don't be confident. Don't put yourself out there because you might have notions. Just tell them to F off. Seriously. You can swear, Jeannie, you can swear. Tell them to fuck off. <laughs> Except, excuse me, in Ireland, I think it's feck off, right? <laughs> oh no, we we use we
0: use we use fuck. We we say feck when we're trying to behave ourselves. And, and to be honest, I think it was overdone by Father Ted. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want especially women, but I even had some men I've coached who are just afraid to fly their freak flag because they're afraid that they're not going to be accepted and they're going to be humiliated. And it's just like holding so many people back, not only in finding a healthy soulmate to be with, but also just even getting ahead in life. You yeah. Know? yeah.
1: I think we sometimes don't think that this actually really does impact men as well. I think a lot of the women listen will be very familiar with being told to, or being made to feel that they should make themselves smaller
2: mm-hmm. and more
1: agreeable. Um, but yeah, it definitely impacts men as well, doesn't it?
2: It does, especially if they're sensitive men, you know, and they, they're they walking around thinking that women don't want them. You know, they want a, a more macho um, guy. And I, I have to explain to them, that's not really what they're looking for. It's not that the women really necessarily, at least women of a certain age who are ready to partner with someone, they're not looking for the motorcycle guy necessarily, maybe, but They're looking for a partner. And so sometimes that requires some sensitivity and not just, you know, amazing sex, but it also requires some emotional intelligence, because if you're going to have children, if you decide to have children, or if you just want someone who's your partner, they have to have some empathy for you. You know, it can't just be some, you know, guy off of a romance novel cover who's just like super alpha and, you know, you know, doesn't have any sensitivity to your needs, So I have to explain to guys that it's the reason they may not be attracting women is because they lack confidence, not because they're sensitive. And that's a whole different thing. Gene, how do you
0: cultivate confidence? How do do you work on confidence with someone? And what does it look like when someone comes to you and says, I mean, well, I'm here so we could use me as an example. Uh, because there's there's two very different examples on this podcast now and i i think it's it's a really good all-rounder for anyone listening of i'm single disheartened and uh, scared would be my my three main ones but but a little bit hopeful I, I i think it's there i think i think someday it will happen and i think i've got work to do on that i don't necessarily think it's that he hasn't just come and knocked on the door cuz also that would be weird <laughs> how did you get my address that's scary go away (laughs) and then on the other side it's like abs is in a marriage and and a lot of people will also be in relationships or marriages and so how do you how do you maintain that connection with someone especially after kids come along and you go through life changes chapter changes how do you maintain connection and maintain that that expression of love with your soulmate so there's two very different but um because I'm talking so much, let's start with me. Um, <laughs> well, let's start with let's
2: start with the first yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So about so you're right in that if you keep doing things the way you're doing now, right? That's the definition of insanity: expecting different results, doing things exactly the same way. You're right. Like it's not going to get better. So it, it definitely is. And that's the point of the book: be the soulmate you want to attract is to get yourself in a place where you're raising your vibration from a law of attraction perspective so that you can attract higher vibrational soulmates. And in answer to an earlier question, I think we all have multiple soulmates, uh, some possibilities for uh, different partnerships romantically, but also there are friend soulmates. And um, I think I personally believe that we travel around from lifetime to lifetime in, in, in like soul clusters, you know, and that each time there may be different combinations of relationships, you know, so I think there are several guys who haven't found you yet. If you're looking for a guy, (laughs) I shouldn't assume, but yes, there are multiple (laughs) guys (laughs) I'd work with a woman as well at this stage. To be yeah, exactly. I know. I know. There's there are women who've told me that too. They're like, listen, if there's a woman out there for me, I'm open. <laughs> if um, I if I've missed something, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> and then I've had guests on my podcast. I had I had a super quick. I had a guest on my podcast who was married to a woman. They were uh, married as a straight couple. He came out as trans, and then. After some reflection, she came out as a lesbian. So it still worked out. (laughs) Wow. I know. That's beautiful. That is gorgeous.
0: Oh, that is the definition of what you're talking about, isn't it? Be yourself. That's like, that reminds me of that song. Like, if you like pina coladas, basically, (laughs) they did a full circle around and they found each other in a completely new chapter.
2: (laughs) I have goosebumps from that. And so love always finds a way. The thing is for love to find you, I think you have to really purely be yourself. And, um, so that, so you're right. You do have to, there are some work to do. Every one of us does like I, I identified as confident in my career life and in my friendships, you know, I had like a large life. I really did. I had a fabulous life. I traveled, but, When it came to love, my self-esteem was a lot lower. I just, uh, because of all the men that I had attracted and none of them resulted in a partnership, including the last guy who said he was ashamed of my, my weight gain (gasps) when I was with him. And he was overweight too, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) he just makes it even more special. I had to go, okay, I'm, I'm attracting these guys and I'm, doing this to myself by holding on to them and pursuing them. And and this all comes down to everything we're talking about all at the root of it all is a lack mindset that we have to hold on to things that really maybe work for us in some ways, but not in another because we're afraid we can't do better. The numbers aren't there, especially where I was, I was in my forties. I was 23 stone and I had this big <laughs> intimidating personality. So everybody had said to me, Oh, you know, you're, it's going to take a while. If, if at all, you know, you're probably a confirmed spinster. And I said, you know, I don't want to live life that way. Thinking that way, thinking with a lack mindset, like I have to keep accepting what's given, you know, I, I want more power than that. I want to feel like I have more control than that. So I studied law of attraction and I did a lot of work on myself And I did raise my vibration. And one of the ways I did that was I took belly dancing because I wanted to feel beautiful in my body. I wanted to feel more comfortable in my body because that was my biggest hurdle was walking around with a larger body, which is we're told for a female, especially there's like no forgiveness for that. (laughs) You know, people would actually um, walk up to me in public and make fun of me or, you know, make really rude comments. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. My whole life was like that. And so I decided, well, I can't look for outside validation. I have to look within and feel beautiful. And I found that in belly dancing, because in the Middle Eastern culture, a lot of the famous belly dancers are Rubenesque. Mm -hmm. And it's not about how you look to others dancing. It's not like that, it's about how do you feel inside? How do you express your divine feminine? And 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 that's what I wanted to connect to. So that was just one of the ways. But I think the first, in answer to your question, it's a long way to get there. But finding gorgeous is, it's a
0: gorgeous way to get there. You're doing Oh, it good. <laughs>
2: gorgeous. Well, I wanted people to understand. Like, yeah, I I've been there. I have been there, and I I'm, the struggle is real. And just understanding that your confidence has to come from within your own self-acceptance and not looking outside for other people to validate that you're okay. That, to me, is the number one thing. And not to worry about any more whether you're considered normal (laughs) or acceptable that's the key is if you can get to that place, everything else, the confidence will be there. It's like anyone who's ever done a presentation at work. They may the first few times be extremely nervous, have a little imposter syndrome because they're like, Oh my God. You know, people are going to think I'm a fake and I don't belong in this job. <laughs> there's, there's that. Once you, you, you go, you know what? I do know what I'm doing. I've got this. All those fears go away. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it does make sense. You've got to
0: fight it a couple of times, don't you? You've got to kind of have that conversation multiple times of Of, of I've got this. And, and I do relate an awful lot to the idea of on a career side, even on a friendship side. I mean, you're on with my, my best mate in the whole world now. And we were just talking about before that. It's like if that's there was a time actually where I remember having a conversation saying if all I ever get is a, is a soulmate best mate. Then I'm okay with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that work. Um, because I kind of felt like asking for more would be greedy. Um, like I got I've got such good friends in my life that maybe asking for such good love in my life would be greedy and I've got such a good career and asking for more would be greedy. But I suppose it's like, why not have all around? That's as you said, it's that lack mindset that says I'm I've I've decided to remove this part for, for what mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know why. I think it's fear. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it is fear. And I think like having spent a lot of time in Ireland too, I definitely see it. I see it everywhere. I see see it in in the States too, for sure. But in Ireland, I've just noticed, um, it's almost like a way of, uh, a way of, I I feel like it seems like to me, like it's a way of controlling the people as to help them as to, if anybody gets notions of themselves, let's, let's keep that under control and, and, and teach them to want less that's yeah. how I feel about it. Um, yeah, it's a really good
0: observation, you know. I think we're brought up in a in a and it's it's similar Abbeys in London, so it's a, I know I lived there for quite some time as well. it's It's that idea of it's religion based mm-hmm. and it's re- religion of mm-hmm. schools based that it says, you know how how do we keep you right sized and right sized determined by us? and and that is the kind of beginnings of that stay quiet dress in this uniform your whole life, whether it's yes, Mm -hmm. yeah, be grateful be grateful for what you've got and what you're given, in other words, what we choose you to have, so I suppose that does kind of unravel quite a bit because it's like, you get what you're given in life, and you make the most of it, but there's no teachings of, you get what you seek, you know, you can can change what you're going out looking for, you can change what you're putting out to the world, and you can change how you as you said it's an inside job you can change Mm -hmm. how you feel about yourself therefore how you're showing up to the world and it's almost that idea of we're told i know i've been told so many times it will happen when you least expect it Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's some kind of connotation in that that says i'm supposed to give up entirely before Mm -hmm. it will happen but if you remain hopeful in any way, it's not going to happen. So it's this kind of constant push and pull with myself. Mm -hmm. Does that make
2: sense? It does. It does. And and I wanted to say something about religion really briefly because I Mm -hmm. was, so a friend of mine took me to a healer. You know, I've had like a lot, my husband's been really sick and I just kind of was like dragging around and, and uh, he said, I'm going to take you to healer. It's going to be a birthday gift. And, it was really interesting to me. Like I was raised Catholic and I'm not, I just want to say I'm not pooping on anybody's religious beliefs Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But you know, for me, I'm not, I don't really practice Catholicism, but what was interesting is she said to me, um, you know, when they baptize you and they do the cross over your your forehead, she, her belief was that was uh, an early way for the church to, uh, close your third eye to close off your intuition so that because they wanted you to be now this was a theory. I'm just putting it out mm-hmm. there because I thought it was interesting for discussion. like yeah, she said it's a way for them to like they said if you if you don't follow your intuition and you just follow what the church says, like a sheep, you will be, you know, you will be okay because you will be provided for. But if you have your third eye open, you're kind of on your own, you're on your own. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, don't know if it's true, Um, but, and I think there could be any argument for any religion possibly having this as, as an agenda, but I bring it up because at the end of the day, what you manifest in life, does require you to develop your intuition and listen to that because we have so many messages um, in our lives where we're supposed to listen to external advice um, or we listen to our own fears. The fearful voice is louder than the intuition. And so a lot of my work is teaching people to open up their intuition and listen to that because that's what's going to steer you better in life.
0: Wow. Okay. And then your story goes in the direction that basically you learn, you study the law of attraction and you get real comfortable in yourself, in mm-hmm. your own heart, in your own gut. You, you start to learn who you are, what you're about and own that. And then
2: how long does it take before
0: you meet your soulmate?
2: <laughs> I say 24 hours, but it was really 12, to be honest. Was, sorry, 12 hours. Oh, yeah, it was. I, I, <laughs> I'm going yeah, you were joking. I'll explain. I'll explain. It really was. And I, I, I always get chills when I tell this story because I remember that moment. So when I studied to be a law of attraction life coach, um, you know, I learned to do everything a coach does, but through the lens of law of attraction. And one of the things they talk about is what I experienced at that time, which is you You do have to get clarity on what you want, you know, Mm -hmm. like really. And then you have to be in the vibration of having it. But that requires a lot of releasing of resistance that's pulling you back from reaching that vibration. That could be fear, could be trauma, the whole bunch of things that hold us back, limiting beliefs. Um, She said, but there's a point where you just know You've done everything you need to do and now you can just let go and just joyfully receive it. And that's where I got to one day. Um, I had been, I had put myself out there after taking two years off to work on myself. I put myself out there and I was online and I was attracting almost exclusively like 25 year old men. And remember I was like 45 at the time. And, I didn't see myself as a traditional cougar. I was you know, definitely didn't look like one from television for sure. but the guys and that's why I tell this story because I want people to realize these were hot young guys. It didn't matter that I was larger. It was my energy. They were enamored with my energy and what I was projecting. And I was projecting a lot of confidence. The problem was that they, when I wrote that profile, there was still a little bit of a lack mindset in there. I had been playing it a little safer. Like I, you know, I obviously showed I had confidence and I had a big personality and what have you, but I, I wasn't fully clear about what my agenda was. I didn't have my deal breakers in there. I was very easy breezy in my approach. And I think that's why I was attracting a lot of young guys who didn't want a partner. They just wanted to have fun and have sex mm-hmm. and nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I wanted. So when I redid my profile, I said, I'm going to be honest that I want to get married. Everyone says, don't put that in there. Men are going to think that you're needy or you're a gold digger or whatever. And I said, I yeah. don't care. That's what I want. And I'm tired of wasting time <laughs> going on multiple dates with somebody only to find out we have great sexual chemistry, but... They don't want the same things I do. No, I'm putting everything in there. And I'm even putting my deal breakers. I'm putting that I love to go to drag shows. I'm putting a picture of myself with some big old drag queens in there because I want a guy who's going to go to those shows with me. I'm not going to sit there and be married to some lump who's like sitting in the house, <laughs> you know, like hiding from like gay men because, you know, he just isn't comfortable in his sexuality. So I just put it out there. And I'll tell you, when I hit that submit button, I felt that peace. I still get chills thinking about it. I felt like, okay, okay, I have done it all. I have, this is this is it. I've done what I can. Now I can just joyfully receive it. And I said, I'm not even going to keep checking my, my emails as much on, on Match. And so I went to bed. Uh, The next morning, um, I heard a little voice say, check your email. And I went, "Nope, I'm not going to, I'm going to just live my life. I'm just going to go out there and I'm just not going to even do it. (laughs) And I went out, I went out with some friends. I started planning uh, a trip. And then that night I heard the voice again and I went, oh, screw it. I've got nothing else to do. But I had that energy of like, it will happen. Don't obsess about it anymore. And there were four winks from that morning from men who were my age, loved everything I said. They all were like, I have got to meet you. And one of them was my husband. So it was more like 12 hours, really. Mm. <laughs> I went out with all of them too. And yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> you ought to do your due diligence, you know? You gotta, Absolutely. Absolutely. Do- Absolutely.
1: Did you know pretty quickly when you went out with your, um, your then future husband that he was
2: the perfect I, I knew by the third date for sure, but the first two dates, um, I was really trying to be mindful of not putting pressure on it. Um, so for example, I'm really glad that you asked that Abby, because it brings me to another point that I think gets in the way of a lot of people meeting a partner. And I mean like a marriage or long term relationship partner instead of a sexual partner is that we're trained to look for that exciting spark the minute your eyes meet. And it's going to yes. be like, you're going to throw each other against the wall and it's going to be this amazing passion. And you're just going to, you know, it's going to be like something out of a movie. And I was trained to understand, and the Buddhists believe this too, that when you meet a soulmate, it won't feel like that. It won't feel like that. It will feel more comfortable, Mm -hmm. like you can completely be yourself. And that isn't a sexy story. It really isn't. And we're taught to think that that feeling is settling. That's part of the reason why Mm -hmm. people have trouble with this. So I purposely went into that date looking for a friend, you know, how many times are we told when somebody says, I want to be your friend? I don't, I don't need any more friends. I I just want a Mm -hmm. husband, you know, (laughs) relax. I'm just telling anybody listening, relax, because Mm. most happy couples started as friends. Yeah. In surveys. I love this. Okay. So relax about it. Don't expect fireworks. Don't look for that. That's not what's going to serve you. It's great if you're trying to get your groove back. (laughs) Um, If you had a bad breakup and you need to feel excited about life again, there's nothing wrong with getting your groove back. But if you want a partner, don't look for that. So when I met him on the first date, he had had a massage. And so his energy was lower. He did it because he wanted to calm down. We had talked for hours and hours and hours and hours hours on the phone, long chats overnight. And it was amazing conversations. We could talk about anything. I told him I was a Reiki master. And even though he was a scientist, he was cool about it. And he says, oh, I'd love for you to do it on me. He wasn't judgmental. So on the first date, he was all like, like almost too calm, you know, but I wasn't. I just purposely didn't allow myself to go, oh, I don't think he's attracted to me. Oh my God. You know, I don't just like, yeah. Okay. And um, I said, I'm just going to enjoy this date. And we had an amazing time and just as, as friends. And he even said at the end of the day, I just want, I think I just want to be friends first and then just see where it goes. Because I've been through a lot and I know you have too. I said, that's cool. Went home. He called me the next day. And asked me for a second date. And then we went out on the second date. And um, when he went to kiss me, I got nervous like a virgin. <laughs> like <laughs> what a I, sentence. <laughs> it did. I was. I I, I I was I got all like flustered and scared and excited, but I I remember um, running off. And I felt like a total idiot. And he called me the next day. I did. He called me the next day and he goes, are you okay? Like, he seemed a little nervous. And I said, you know what? You run down the road. I really did. I ran. Really, I really, I, I literally just was like, oh, I got to go. And I went into the car and I took off. And the thing is, when it's the right person, you can't fuck it up. Okay. Unless you're trying to, you know, I really wasn't trying to. I just got like panicked, like, oh my God. And as I was dry- driving home, I knew the reason I was panicked because I was finally presented with what I was told for years I couldn't have. There was a part of my intuition that knew this was it. What you have been asking for for fucking years is here. And I didn't know how to handle it. I did wow. not know how to handle it. And it sounds, until you experience it, it's hard to understand, but when your beliefs are like for so long, you're, there's a part of you that isn't really sure it's going to happen. Then it happens and you're like, so he called me the next day and he said, you seem nervous. I said, I was so nervous. And I said, I don't know why. Um, but you know, I really did enjoy myself and And of course, you know, he asked me out on the third date and we talked about it and we talked about my nervousness and why I was nervous. I told him straight out. I said, I, I think this could be something special. And I, and I'm, I'm a little, I, I'm, I was a little taken aback because I've been through so much disappointment and we had a chat about it. And he said, I totally respect that. And, um, and then by the third date, um, it became like a five day date. So then I knew that it was the right person. Oh, wow.
1: Thanks for sharing. That was, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually getting a bit emotional. I feel a bit me, emotional it,
0: as well. It's the, and it's really, not, we haven't cried on this podcast yet. So if, <laughs> if you kick it off, please, that will be, that'll be good. I feel a bit like it's that sort of, but it's the, it's the honoring yourself bit. Um, cause we all love it. We all love a love story, but it's the, the honoring yourself bit that's just so moving and so gorgeous. And and thank you, honestly. I'm conscious of time. Can we have five more minutes of your time? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Amazing. So because I think it's 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 a really important piece to ask now for the maintain. Now for the part that says okay. And I love what you said, just to go back on it. I feel like that's the quote of the podcast you if it's the right person you can't fuck it up unless you're trying to mm-hmm. like that's there's something in that that just removes <laughs> removes a fear from me yeah like yeah i felt a breath leave me there where it was like it makes sense because it goes both ways doesn't it it's that work that says i i i love you for you and even if it's not we're not at the love part yet but I feel this for you, so I, I can read you. I can read that you're not trying mm-hmm. to mess up here, but you're a human, you're going to mess up. And so I'm not going anywhere. And, like, not mm. to get too deep, but I've got, like, the serious abandonment stuff that's mm-hmm. been a lifelong work. And, and I know that most people will will relate and identify with some level of this, that it's, like, that fear of, of falling in love but then someone leaving. hmm is probably the biggest part but to to hear that sentence just made me go
2: oh mm-hmm. oh wow like how freeing is that it is it is and some of us are afraid of being in relationships because we're we're ambivalent because we have this great life but then we're worried that somebody's going to come in and fuck it up you know or we're going to lose ourselves there's all sorts of fears around it i would say that it's important to understand when you start to look at falling in love and giving your life over to a partnership, you have to come to it from a place of personal strength and personal, um, you know, a sense of where I was, where I was like, I, okay, I've really done everything that I can. Like I've, this is where I'm at. I've reached the highest expression of myself. I can reach on my own. Now it'd be great to have a partner in my life, To work with because a lot of us think that when it's a soulmate relationship, it's just going to be easy breezy, it's just going to be a hundred percent harmony. But I don't think that's what a soulmate is here to do for you. I think a soulmate is here to help you further evolve, and you cannot evolve without conflict, contrast. And in law of attraction, it's that contrast that helps you figure out what you do want. And if both partners are willing to work through the contrast together, that contrast pushes you both up, you know? So for example, my husband and I have had some wicked fights, you know, like any other couple. Um, But because both of us really understood that we were soulmates, we really understood it. And we understood that that part of that relationship is taking responsibility for our own shortcomings that we Discover in that contrast. We have to let go of the narrative that I'm right and that attachment to being right instead of happy. You know, you have to let that go and you have to start to really change the narrative that you've had before about yourself and take a look at yourself in a new way. You can't see certain things about yourself without being in a relationship. And that person is a mirror can teach you, Okay, gosh, I guess I still have to work on that. But then you have a partner that if you can both come to it with equal responsibility, you can both work on those issues. You can both, you know, like let's say you have trouble with boundaries. You can say to your partner, look, I really see now I have trouble saying no to you. I really do. And sometimes I come to resent it that you ask me for things because then it puts me in a position of having to say no. You can say to your partner, you can tell your partner that, say, can you help me with saying no? Like, and then you can come to like a negotiation of, so that you can still grow from the experience and then the other person can also grow because they realize, well, you know, maybe I do ask for too much or maybe they were constantly feeling like they were disappointing you. Um, and then you, your intimacy grows. Does that, does that help?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Abs, you're the married one.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. How does that I'm feel? Thinking about this in context. Um, I mean, I married, uh,
0: I was, I was young
1: when I got married and I was thinking that I've done a lot of my growing pers- as a person, like on a personal level while in this relationship. And, uh, we both have. We've both grown a lot, and we've been very fortunate in that we have, for the most part, grown together Mm -hmm. um, and supported each other through that growth. Um, Yes, it's it's interesting hearing you talk about this because it's actually reframing how I think about it. Mm -hmm. In what way, Abs? Well, looking at what we provide for each other, in our own personal growth rather than looking at, at it as a journey that I'm taking for my personal growth or he is taking for his personal growth, it's recognizing that actually we are doing it together all mm-hmm. the time. We're constantly getting feedback, um, <clears throat> you know, from the smallest things like sitting and having a conversation with each other about something that's coming up in our lives that we're worried about or we're anxious about and we often don't agree you know, that's mm-hmm. part of being in a relationship with, you know, someone else. You're different people. Um, but the conversations we have, you know, lead us to discover things. So mm-hmm. it's constantly learning. And actually, right now, I feel very, very grateful that I have that. I'm looking at it from a place of gratitude, which is lovely.
0: Jean mm-hmm. is working her magic in the house. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Abs, we're going to let her go. Have you got any more questions?
1: No, I don't. It's just been absolutely fascinating listening to you. I could listen to you all day, Jean.
2: (laughs) Thank you. you. That's a great compliment. I really appreciate it.
0: No, truly, truly, thank you so much. Because, like I said, we, we did a little bit of talking before you came on. And you talk about magnetism and attraction and all those things. Like, I've got a girl crush on you. There was, there was just this, like, pull. You are, you are a stunning person. Oh, thank and you. It's, it's because you, you, you have worked so hard, and and you, and I'm, I'm so glad that you came along to share that because it's, it, that's the hope piece, isn't it? That's the, the bit that says, look, this is where I was, this is what I did, and and here, look at what happened. And there's some things that you can't, you just can't fake. Mm-hmm. and and all i can say is there's a there's a draw of a of a person in you that it's just like mm. there's an attraction that you don't have to promote in in who you are today and how you talk about it and i'm so glad that you came on will mm. you come and visit us again i maybe would in the future? i would be honored and
2: thank you for the best compliment i have received in a very long time so thank you very very it's much meant- Truly, from the heart, and and I know your
0: hubby hasn't been well, and so we're thinking of you and hope he's doing better. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Bye. Jean. <laughs> wow, Jean, thank you so much for coming on. That was amazing, jem wasn't it? Wow,
0: well, fly your freak flag. I love her. It just covers all the things, doesn't it? So that's what soulmate is. Or or how many we have. You're my soulmate, Abs. You're mine. We'll get soulmates in other, we have soulmates in other parts of our lives. They come along yep. in walks of life. And I like that soulmate cluster thing as well. <gasps> oh, that was my favourite. I thought that was beautiful.
1: And also that answers some of the things that we were talking about, the questions we had at the beginning about different soulmates at different times and so on and so forth. I absolutely
0: love that concept. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. You go through life and because we change. And you see, this is the thing. It's like your story has been that for the last decade plus, you've been married and you've gone through life with your person. Walking through it with you and you've managed to go through these chapters and transitions and changes in your character completely and your life completely and little people have come along and, and that's your story. But then much like we touched on in the single unsingle episode, this idea that I was, I was putting the word failed in front of relationship when it came to anything that had ended. She's actually just squashed it really, hasn't she? Because my yeah. story is just different to yours but it's that I've had, I've had little mates along the way, and there's been some really big lessons in in some very destructive relationships. But they've honestly taught me the most about myself because I've got out of them and I've been well afterwards. And but there's definitely been relationships that have just been the the guiding force through life. Like it's sort of it's beautiful, really, when you look at it like that because it means you're never in the wrong place. You're okay exactly where you are. And if you're in a marriage or a relationship and you're trying to work on it, then, then maybe that's the story. It's not the, it's failing because you're working on it. It's you're working on it because that's life. Yeah. And you're working on you. and, And as you put it that, that way of thinking of it separately, tell me a little bit more about what that made you feel about your marriage.
1: The interest, there's a couple of things. First of all, Jean's story about um, how she met her husband or rather the Mm. early days of their relationship Mm. was really funny because you know, it's really similar to mine. I'd moved to London. I'd been living in London for a while and I'd formed a group of friends um, and some of my close friends were a group of gay men. And then there were a few women and we would hang out and there was such safety for me as a young woman, I felt incredibly safe being around uh, these this gorgeous group of gay men, and we would go to the we would go out we'd go to clubs in London, and always felt sa- safe around them. And they always lifted me up. They were mm. so gorgeous, and mm. they were so much fun, and they were so lovely and loving, and you just felt you could really be yourself. And I felt so safe and protected around them. So I met my husband while I was spending a lot of time with this friendship group. And mm-hmm. in the very early days of our relationship, I took my husband to some of these gay bars and clubs. He had a good time. Like we talk about it sometimes. We remember like all the fun we had. And I think that, you know, with Jean's experience, she's she's had she had a lot more experience and a lot more context before coming to that. For me, I was young, it just you know, it happened early. <laughs> but i didn't have the context at the time to be able to look at that and say that was really beautiful or that was really lovely and how lucky i was to have found that and you know a lot of what she was describing as well about you know when you find a relationship that's that's right for you and your soulmate it isn't a big wow of lust mm-hmm. and excitement and it's a more gradual thing, and that's what I felt. Mm. So I'm applying the context, you know, quite far right. into my marriage now, having had this discussion, rather than have, having that at the time and saying, like, this this is really good, and this is why it's really good. I mean, it felt good. It felt right, which is why I married him.
0: Always a good reason, yeah. But your first date, because I always find this funny as well, your first date was, like, on paper. Not a disaster, but it... No, it was amazing. It was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious. It was like but the best But it was hilarious in the sense of like, we joked about this recently because one of my worst dates was, I'm pretty sure a guy showed up high, ate my cake and left, right? Yeah. Um. Really? <laughs> um but you, and, and you laughed because it reminded you of your first date. Now, they're two very, yeah. very different stories. Because I think what existed, contrary to mine, was that it came from a place of absolute familiarity and comfort.
1: Yeah. So he reached over mid-sentence, dipped into my dessert, which happened to be a mint chocolate chip mousse, um, which I loved. He just reached over the table, took a spoonful, (laughs) carried on talking throughout, (laughs) and then interrupted himself mid-sentence to say, tastes like Listerine. (laughs) and then continued oh I loved that I thought that was brilliant (laughs) prior to that (laughs) I was kind of used to being around men who who there was some romantic interest trying to impress a lot which there's nothing wrong with at all it's you know it's like of course we all when we when we want to we want to be involved with someone romantically we we do try to impress them that's like natural there's nothing wrong with that but I was used to this from young you know relatively young men as well and then this was such a contrast because I thought he's not trying to impress me at all he's just present in the moment enjoying this and so was I yeah I mean it worked
0: (laughs) again like I was saying about Jean that you can't fake it it just is and you just feel that and yes, it's totally fine and absolutely normal and probably recommended to put your best foot forward in some ways on your first date. Like possibly don't show a pie and eat my cake and leave. But um, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. You're not my person. If there's someone out there for you that's into that kind of thing. It ain't me. Um, I love her concept of just be, embrace your weirdness. Be you. Uh, be okay with you. The work is done Long before you go on that first date, the work is done on you to say, I'm okay with me and I'm going to show up. And sometimes that's subconscious, whether it's done naturally, whether it's done through friendship circles, whether it's done through these soulmate clusters that teach us something like I know for, and I've mentioned this before, but I had one very special relationship that I've, I've had several. I had one that moved me to London and i really really cared about that man and i know he really cared about me but we were just very very young and individually struggling with with ourselves and who we were and so we eventually broke up but there was there was such a, a load of care and compassion in that time that i i learned more about myself and then and then cut to the man i moved to france with there's a theme here men make me move countries <laughs> <laughs> me I just too realized just re- you too. <laughs> mm. um, meet man, pack bag. And um, there's a <laughs> L- life. Will throw so much at you that sometimes you manage to go through it with the same person, and sometimes you don't, and 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 that's okay. But I guess what I've been blown away by in this conversation is that. It's accepting that you're exactly who you're meant to be and exactly where you're meant to be, and, and you show up and you, you do your best for people and you you're you're nice and and you can be understanding and empathetic to somebody else, but you can also go, It's cool, I'm I'm not I'm not your human. What does someone say that I know? Every pot has a lid and 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 sometimes she just goes, That's not your lid. That's not your lid. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so, good. Do you know what I've learned from that? I don't know about you, but having seen your reaction, you could go to one of her workshops, whether you're married or not, if you want to learn whether or not you're in your soulmate place, or if you want to know how to meet your soulmate and what it feels like. Do you agree? Absolutely, 100%. This really struck me. And also,
1: I'm curious... Um, to get her book and to look more about her webinars because I think this could help in all sorts of situations like career, which she touched on, because a lot of this is about building self-confidence and um, Mm -hmm. being true to yourself. And I think that um, a lot of these things can be applied in different scenarios outside of romantic relationships, in non-romantic relationships,
0: families, friendships, uh, work. Yeah, definitely. I'm on Jean's website. Dating is oh, Jean's. Sorry, Jean's podcast is called "Dating is Such a Drag." She also has the book "Be the Soulmate You Want to Attract," and she will have some events and workshops coming up. We will tag them in the show notes, and we will attach them on social medias. And you'll see some of this in video. I highly recommend an amazing individual. I suppose for me, suppose I'm not far off where where she described as being like. You know, I'm definitely not attracting what I want, but I think the number one problem with that is that I don't know what I want. Yeah. The word soulmate used to give me the ick and the cringe and it kind of doesn't anymore. So it solved that. I will write write what kind of person I, I want in my life. Maybe I will change around my dating profile. Yeah,
1: I was thinking that maybe you could, rather than looking at what kind of person you want in your life, you could look at what you want from your life in general. Like what you want to achieve, what you want to do, what your priorities are.
0: But that's what I mean. I focused on it that way for quite a long time, but I've never actually thought about the kind of person that I want. Well, what about if you put that stuff in a dating profile? Yes. M- maybe in just being very general, I'm getting very general results. Maybe I need to get really specific. Maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Abby's on her do phone. it. Do <laughs> it. She's dying to get off this to listen to the pod- to the Soulmate Coach podcast. <laughs> Why dating is such a drag? Abby's going <laughs> to learn about it in twelve after 12 years of marriage. <laughs> 13.
1: 13? Yeah, thir- it was 13 this year. It's 14 early
0: next year. Unlucky. F- that would be what comes after 13. You're right. It is. Right. We're done. You're free. Go forth. Be married. <laughs> go forth be single and mingle but you know what you have to do in between what fly your freak flag fly your freak flag you should be flying be your freak your best flag self. all the time absolutely be your best self embrace yourself you don't have to be quiet you don't have to w- watch what you're doing the way you laugh anything do make yourself a, smaller a, no no because there's there's only one of you abs I'm glad I have you I'm glad I have you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish this out singing. Finish us out. Tell to the it. people where to find Go us. On. I don't. I can't even think of a song. If you wanna email us, what is the email address?
1: The email address you can contact us on is. No one asked Pod. No, it isn't. Ignore. <laughs> I said that it's stories at. No one asks pod.com. <laughs> we that will never make.
0: <laughs> at no one asks pod.com. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. And thanks again so much to my soulmatecoach.com for coming on and talking to us today. See you soon. Bye.